afternoon and good night and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. I'm Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan here, and as usual, I am accompanied by the one, the only, the mad, Isaac Wolf. What is up, man? There we go again. And on that note, and by that note I mean Isaac's disappointing voice and response... You guys can probably guess what we're going to do here today. And we're going to talk, we're going to continue talking about an anime that's very near and dear to my heart. But if you tuned in in our last episode, you know that Isaac has very strong opinions about this show. And they're not necessarily on the good end. But nevertheless, I think this is a show that is in the zeitgeist, that is in in the heart and mouths of a lot of anime and, otak- and anime lovers, whether it's because they hate the show or if it's because they love the show. Um, this show is is something that's a quite a quite a bit of a phenomenon, and to me, is one of my favorite animes, despite Isaac's grunts, tears, and bursts of anger. Yes. <laughs> and this show is Sword Art Online. On episode four, we covered the first arc of series one, which is the Aincrad arc. And um, we talked about what the show is about, about the characters. Isaac expressed how much he hates Kirito and how Asuna should probably be the main character. I expressed why, to me, Kirito is a fantastic lead character. And we just duked it out and shared our opinions. There was blood, tears, laughter, more tears. Did I say tears? There was tears too. But we had a great conversation about the first arc, which is the arc that covers the first episode to episode 14, which talks about how the how the players get trapped in Sword Art Online and how Kirito um, joins Asuna to be able to beat the game and they're able to beat the game and are released back into the real world. Um, and on this episode, episode five, we're going to continue our discussion of Sword Art Online Series 1. And we're going to cover the second arc of the first series, which is the Fairy Dance arc, um, which covers episode 15 to 25, 25 or 24, I believe. Um, Isaac, how do you feel? Are you ready to talk more sword art? Um, is this the kind of episode that you just wanted to end already? How do you feel? It's only going to get worse from here. <laughs> Well, the funny thing is, you say that, and I know that for me it's just going to get better because I've liked this show oh. as more as it's gone forward. So just bear with us, guys. We're going to have a great conversation, and hopefully from both of our strong standpoints, because what I like about us talking about Sword Art is that we both have very strong feelings on both sides of the camp that I think it's fair to say that it will provide you guys with a very good reason to at least check this episode, this show out because it is a very good important episode, um, a very important show because a lot of people watch it and it's still ongoing and it's pretty popular. So it has survived in spite of the heat that a lot of people have given. But without further ado, Isaac, Let's let's talk Fairy Dance Arc. Let's talk Sword Art Online. Okay, um, I have a brief description of of the the Fairy Dance Arc and what we're going to be talking about. We need to cover Faraday sometimes uh, to make up for it, please. 
Are you telling me that this is this so hard to talk about this show that you're begging us to cover other shows so that you can recover? Is that really what's going on right now? Yes. Oh, this is going to be fun. But yes, Isaac, you know I'm not heartless. And yes, that was a Kingdom Hearts reference. You know I'm not heartless, but um, I, 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 I will cover a lot of things that you enjoy, Isaac. Don't worry. Um, it's not every episode where we talk about shows that only I like. I mean, I did give you the Evangelion commentary track, and you that was like pretty much you going to the moon and back and then going to the moon again using my suffering as fuel. So, <laughs> so let's put it this way. This is your way. This is your way of making us even. You talking sword art with me. Fair? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, and by the way, thank you guys for all the support you guys have given us on, on Anchor and all the episodes that you guys have listened. Um, we have a, our audience number is growing. Um, and it looks like a lot of people enjoyed us doing commentary tracks, especially the one that we did on Neon Genesis Evangelion. So, if you guys want us to do more bonus episodes like that, please let us know um, because we can set it up. Just let us know what movie you guys want us to watch and do an active commentary track on. And me and Isaac will definitely find a way to do it and make you guys happy um because i i'm actually surprised of the good response we've gotten with that um so keep sharing with with those friends of yours that love anime let them know let them know who we are um we're up and coming we're we're, we're trying new things we're trying to cover things that a lot of people don't cover because we want you guys to have a good variety of anime that to go see um so we try not to cover the same things over and over again so um Share, subscribe, and keep being awesome. So thank you. Um, okay, so let's talk um, Sword Art Online, Fairy Dance Arc. Here is a brief summary. Having beaten Sword Art Online, Kirito finds himself back in the real world two years after putting on the nerve gear for the first time. As his body recovers, he discovers that Asuna has yet to wake up from her virtual slumber along with 300 other SAO players. With the possibility of losing Asuna forever to a perverted researcher and a clue leading to Asuna's virtual self, Kirito dares to jump back into the virtual world of Alfheim Online. Here, fairy races rule both land and sky, and magic plays a big role in the developing of one's character. Can Kirito save Asuna? Will the game really come to an end? This is Sword Art Online Series 1. The fairy dance arc. So, for those that um, have seen Sword Art Online to this point, um, from episode one to episode fourteen is the full Ironcrad arc, which is literally when they are trapped in the game called Sword Art Online. Um, Kirito is able to defeat Heathcliff with Asuna's quote-unquote sacrifice, and they're able to beat the game. And when and Kirito beats the game. All the people that were trapped inside of Sword Art Online are released or set free and are able to wake up back into the real world. Once Kirito wakes up at the end of the episode, we have that great credit roll scene where he's actually walking all weakened because he's been sleeping in a virtual coma for two years. He is walking out of the hospital because he wants to go see Asuna. Um, so once he wakes up, uh, episode 15 picks up, letting us know that 
everybody woke up except 301 players. And one of those players that did not wake up is Asuna. Asuna is still in the virtual world. They don't know why she's still in a virtual world. Um, and then Kyuto is faced with a conundrum. Because apparently there is a perverted weird dude that works with Asuna's father that wants to marry Asuna before she wakes up to be able to have power over her and her family's um, riches and state. Um, so it's like very novella, very that's like a very soap opera-ish. Um, but Kirito, in the real world, there's nothing that he can do because he's just a poor, regular Japanese kid against a super rich, rich researcher dude. Um, apart from the fact that he's super perverted, which is one of the things that they accentuate from the get-go, um, Kirito is desperate to find out how he can help Asuna. And then Eagle, which was the item shop guy in the original Sword Art Online arc, um, he owns a bar in the real world once he wakes up, and he's practically like this guy that is in touch with all the players. Like he lives on Reddit. That's pretty, <laughs> that's pretty much the best description I can I can give of Eagle. Like he still plays that guy that has his ears to um, what's going on in the virtual world. He finds out that there's a new game that's awesome that's called Alfheim, that's similar to Sword Art. Um, it's being promoted with this new version of the Nerf Gear where it's called the Atmosphere, I think it's called. Um, it has uh, It's a lot safer. Um, people can log out. So virtual reality MMORPGs are still a rave, even though what happened with Sword Art Online happened. Um, and then they, uh, some of the players try to get to the top of the world tree, which is the, similar to Ironcrest Tower that has 100 floors. You have the world tree in this Alfheim online game. Um, and on top of the tree, they took a picture of a woman in a cage, and Kirito automatically recognizes that that's Asuna. So, so Kirito, knowing that he's just a regular guy in the real world, but that he can do something in the virtual world, he sets out to try and save Asuna from the hands of the bad guy, which I forgot his name. All I know is that he's the creepy guy, the creep, creep guy. That um, should say something about how horrible the author is when it comes to writing villains. <laughs> well, oh boy, here we go. Well, so um, I take it that you, do, you did not like this villain? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so he sets out in, into Alfheim to be able to see what he can do to save Asuna. Now, let's start talking about this. So Asuna is a damsel in distress in this particular season um, to a degree because she does have a lot of agency because I do like that that you do see her not just be a damsel in distress. She actually has, tries to get out, tries to fight her way out. Um, and so I, I really like that about her because they didn't kill the character of Asuna. She was still the strong-willed Asuna that we've always known and loved. Um, now, let's, let's talk, because I do want to talk a little bit about the stuff that is pretty cool about this season. Let's talk about the things that you didn't like. So I, I, you just said that you didn't like the villain, right? Yeah. Um, so for us to be responsible, the villain's name is, let me see. Pervert my uh, curly <laughs> mustache, man. 
No, no, that's not him. I, I just saw his name somewhere. He is Sugo. Sugo is the name of... of so, McPurvy, curling mustache, man. Is that what you're trying to say? Like, that's a translation of Sugo? Sugo translates to creepy mustache, man. Is that what you're trying to say? Mm. Actually, yeah. cr- creepy, sadist, sadomasochistic mustache, man. You can't forget those because that's kind of... Yeah, it's pretty bad. So, I get that he's not the most complex villain. And I get that. But apart from, did you just hate the fact that he was just one-sided? Or did you, what did you hate about it? Because, let me, so, let, let me ask you this. Did you, did you like the villain? Did you like Akahiko Kaiba, like from the original arc? To you, was him, was he like a better villain? He was better, but that doesn't mean he was a good either. Ah. This uh, will uh, just felt that I'm going to be extremely raw right now, but this feels like, uh, felt like the author wanted to go into Dojin uh, uh, territory and go to the more aggressive, uh, aggressive uh, genre of those t- types of art titles. How do you, how do you mean? Do you want uh, this uh, episode to be PG or not? Well, I mean, I want us to be honest with the episode. So if, if so, if it can be PG, just I, I'd rather you be honest. So go ahead. <laughs> if I say something dumb, bleep it out or cut it out. Okay? Okay, go ahead. It felt like he wanted to be a hentai writer where uh, his main plot of his hentai is rape, rape, rape. All the, uh, and that's uh, an entire part of that guy's character, uh, considering how much he molests and uh, Asuna uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, constantly and then just... But why? It just, fe- uh, it just felt... Okay, you want to be a, a hentai artist and writer? Go ahead. And stop bothering us with this shit. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Are they people? Are there people like that? Yeah, there is, but his only trait, what a trait was like that. What was that? As you said, I'm sorry. Yes, but the only trait, the character trait he has, was the only thing. Oh. I am a horny for uh, for a schoolgirl. Let uh, let me be perverted with her. That was in well, oh, oh, I want some money. That was his entire. In I've seen other uh, series and movies that has a more p- complex character that that has the same motivations. Do I? Uh, I can I can see I can see that I can see that. So so your complaint is not. Is not that he was perverted, is that that was all that he had. There was no other layer to the character. That's your biggest. That's which your biggest. Why, that's your biggest concern. Which is why I uh, went to the uh, to the hentai territory because that felt uh, uh, that felt like something that could come extremely from a we, uh, Stupid porno that someone uh, find in some dark territory on uh, the, the deepest interweb. Okay, 
Okay. Well, that is, that, that's actually a fair assessment. I mean, he is a very single, like, like no, not a multi-layer character. He's very straightforward. This is all, all you see is what you get. Um, I think, I think um, we're led to believe that he's not that much older from Asuna to a degree. Because I, I think he's like one like nineteen or twenty, and because apparently, one of the things that he says that he's like he was practically raised with her to a degree, like they knew each other from more they were younger, so so he's not something super crazy, but but I I can accept what you're saying. He's not the strongest villain. He is very one sided. I mean, you rare you you rarely are able to appreciate anything beyond the fact that he's just this maniacal mastermind or whatever. Um. I I personally I it doesn't affect me that much because to me at least what you see in this season like the whole thing with Suguha and Kasuto um um like literally it's this this whole season is all about Kirito trying to save Asuna that's your B that's your A arc that's your your A your plot your A plot that's the main plot of the season. But then on your B plot, it was pretty strong because it's all about this relationship that Kirito forges with Lifa and how how this is the first relationship that that he has outside of Sword Art that it's literally... Because the interesting thing is... The interesting thing is that up to this point, all the relationships that... That Kirito has had with other players in SAO, because they were living in this place, when they go, when they meet this person in the real world, it there's no distinction. It's like Eagle looked just like Eagle he did in the computer in the virtual world, and the relationship carried over. Like there's cross save between SAO and the real world. Are you following me? You're with me? Yeah. So I like the fact that they were able to explore the idea of of what happens when a relationship in the in the virtual world impacts the real world because the I sometimes in the in the virtual world in the world you're two different people. Which is something that they really didn't explore in, in Sword Art Online because nobody could log out. So and how it literally hits home because literally Lifa was actually his sister slash cousin person that was living with him and how his how he has these two relationships he has two very different relationships but with the same person because of the inclusion of of the virtual world aspect so to me that B plot was pretty strong so I really liked that exploration and I really liked what they did with that um because it was something that we didn't do before, which is what I like about Sword Art as a, as a whole, that that they they continue to explore the idea of the real and the virtual and how they all interact with each other in a positive or negative way. Um, and how, while some people don't make a distinction between the real and the virtual, a lot of people do because they can't accept who they are in the real. Like, for example, they... And it goes both ways, like with Lifa and Kirito. Kirito, <clears throat> in the real world, he's trying to make amends with this family member. Um, and on the on the virtual world, he has his agenda. And he, he to him, he still, whether he's in the virtual or in the real world, 
he is who he is. But but for Sugo, for Suhua, I'm sorry, um, when she goes into the virtual world, she sees herself as a different person. She sees herself as someone that's more free, that's that that she can be strong or stronger to a degree. And in her and in her mind, she's trying to run away from the feelings that she has for this person, which people will say whatever they want about how horrible it is that they're they're putting cousins together but every anime from the dawn of time is doing this like there's something about there's something about um animes and cousins always hey, hey at least uh, it's better than sisters slash brothers no but that's the thing they're not Brother and sister, though. Yeah, cousins. that's what the, that's what I mean. It's better. No, no, no. I, I get it. I get it. But the thing is that, well, technically, you still see the other as well. But that's a different yeah, story. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I'm but, just but, saying that there's better. It's better that they're blood related on a cousin side than the brother sister side. Correct. Correct. But but you know, some people will probably try and trash the relationship because of that. But. But um, I I would say that whoever tries to do that is not a valid point because you see it all the time in anime. You know what that, I mean? Uh, but that doesn't mean it's uh, uh, it's not a questionable trope or not. Well, but here's the thing, though. You also have to think about from a cultural standpoint. From a cultural standpoint, that's a very common thing, in my understanding, in your in Asian cultures, that when you have a arranged marriage, it's between cousins. It's not necessarily between brother and sister, but between cousins because of the idea of bloodlines and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like okay. that is okay, fair. Fair. That's a very common trope. So simply what I'm trying to say, a lot of people will try and attack that as a fault of the show. But um but the way they use it, I think it's in a very smart way. Because it just gives extra layers to that B plot of how complex their relationship has been made because of the virtual world aspect. You know what I mean? Like from 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 the get-go the the uh, because originally they knew each other as brother and sister and then Kazuto finds out that they are for those that are not following Kazuto is Kirito. Kazuto finds out that they're not related. So he distances himself. So now they're cousins, but she doesn't know. And then, but but then when he goes in coma, that's when she finds out that they're not related. So he starts developing. So we have those different layers now. And then when he's in the virtual world, he 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 grows into a different person or whatever. So now when you go into the Alfheim, it's not just the fact that they're not brother and sister, but they don't know that from each other yet, or they haven't communicated that they know. And then you have the whole thing of them being cousins. And then you have the whole thing that she has feelings for him, but she he's trying to repair the brother-sister relationship of type of relationship. And then in the virtual world, she's falling in love with Kirito. And it's all like this drama that for me felt very real because it makes sense that this can happen even in our lives because of the virtual world aspect. Of course, there's a lot of people <laughs> that play MMOs that in the virtual world have gotten worse surprises <laughs> than finding out that that person is like your sister. Um, like, which is one of the jokes that I loved from the first episode. I don't know if you remi- remember, you know this, you rem- remember this from the pilot that whenever the reveal of the no logab- logab button comes out, 
You know, when the, yeah. that suddenly everyone is given a mirror and then you see a guy, a lady in a dress that becomes this weird skinny dude. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy goes, you're a guy. <laughs> the, uh, that's probably the only joke uh, I actually chuckled on that season. Wow. You really hate the show, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so, so yeah. So you have the A plot with Kirito saving Asuna. Um, you have the B. You have the B plot with um, the whole thing with um, Kirito, Lifa, Kasuto, and Suguha. Um, did you? Did you? Do you see any merit in what I'm saying about that B plot? The way they handled that whole plot, that whole relationship arc. Shall I be honest with you? It was just melodramatic bullshit for me. <laughs> Why? Because. Why? Uh, because it yes, this is a series. Uh, this is series about going into uh, going into the virtual reality sto- uh, and stopping villains and all that. Yes, and it it, it take take itself to. Uh, should I put it? It wants the cake and eat it too. It it feels like a. You know how? How should I put it? No, you think, do you think do you think they're taking themselves too seriously? They are trying to take it. Uh, imagine, imagine if uh, Batman v Superman wants to uh, wants to have this dark undertone and uh, like it had and uh, and all that. Yes, but it's uh, but it, they act like Looney Tunes. Do you see where I'm con- uh, coming here? Okay, so 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 let me ask you this. Give me two examples of the Looney Tunes, and then because I know, because I can, I I, I appreciate the serious tone, but I now when it comes to the Looney Tunes, are you talking about the anime tropes and kind of jokes that they do, or what exactly are you talking about when it comes to Looney Tunes? What's an give me an it's, example uh, of that? It, it, it wants to be magical and whimsy with this, uh, uh, see, uh with this uh, uh, story arc because, uh, because of the fantasy elements in within this uh, uh, with, uh, that occurs in this story. Okay. So, okay. But then, okay. uh, but then we have uh, all the teen dra- uh, drama CW. Is it uh, is it is it believable to some extent? Sure. But the, it's jarring with the clashing tones between them. Pick a tone and go for it. You can't have the cake and eat it too. It's well, a- well, that's the thing. But what do you mean? But here's the thing, though. I, 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 I can't see. I can't see what you're seeing because, because one of the things that I like about Sword Art is that it tries to approach the whole virtual world stuff from a realistic angle. That's the whole point. That's if it why... was a realistic uh, uh, angle, they wouldn't uh, just have a sword in the, in the, the sword, uh, the original sword art. But that's the thing. No, no. But okay. So, but here's the thing, though. That's the point of the game. What they said it's realistic because the idea is that you only have weapons. There's no magic, but there's a point to that because you had sword skills that you can develop and, and acquire. Now. The idea of the whimsical and stuff like that, you have to understand that this 
the idea of this being a real thing, the only person that sees this as a real thing is Kirito because yeah. he's the only one that's been in Sword Art. All the other players were did not go through what he went yeah. through in Sword Art. And all the other players see this as a game that is something that they can play yeah. and enjoy. Yeah, I totally get that. But it's still... Uh, and I totally get what they are going for, but it's still... the. Uh, the way they are approaching it is still uh, <coughs> jarring to me. But but, but what, that's what I'm trying to understand. How are they approaching it? What is what is your main because, like? Because I see, I, I can because, tell that I can tell that, like I can see how you have serious tones, and then you have like the whimsical, like with the whole thing with the Kate Siths and stuff like that. When, because uh, let me put it like this: uh, when they are in the um, in the MMO. There's uh, where they uh, have this sort of whimsical, trying to uh, be enjoying this game and all that, yes. Mm -hmm. But then as soon as you come out, it is sort of like a, it switched the tone like that. And it's just... But, 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 okay, so I'm going to tell you this. What if I told you that, in my opinion, that is by design? Because, because, no, no, because keep in mind, Isaac... The game is considered an escape from reality. Yeah. That, so when you go back to reality, reality is bleak. Reality is black and white. Reality yeah. is more serious. So the change's tone is on purpose. And it, and, it, yeah. and it makes sense. It would be crazy if the same tone was the same on both realities. Yeah. That would make I, sense. I can uh, Sure. I can agree on that one. But the way they implement it gives me whiplash. And, 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 and but then again, and that's that the has... point. That is actually the point, though, because for example, I think the biggest scene where you get the most whiplash is when Kirito and Leafa kind of figure out that who they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's uh, the tone whiplash. It's never a good thing. Sorry, buddy, but I have no. To that's fine. It. No, no, that's fine. But but I, but, I can but agree I can... with you that uh, it's it would be wrong if they had uh, the same tone uh, uh, from both angles. That I can agree on. But uh, and who knows? Maybe they could have approached it on, on some some way that I uh, could have. No, and I'm gonna work. be honest. I actually understand where you're coming from, and I can see where you're coming from, but at the same, but I I can't not like it because for me, I can see why they did it, and and yeah, I can see No, I know, but in your case, you didn't like it. In my case, I did, because because to me, it just accentuates the fact that you have these two characters that are now their relationship has hit a. A some kind of impasse because of the revelation, because now you have now the drama that was only in the real world. Now the drama is making its role into the virtual world, and it broke the fantasy. Honestly, uh, I can't. Uh, I can go so far to say this. I would have uh, the idea of having Kirito trying to uh, trying to. Save Asuna from an, uh, when he is in a dis- dis- uh, different situation, like you said, a poor normal uh, mm-hmm. Japanese kid mm-hmm. would have been way more interesting if that 
the entire uh, if that arc were solely on that because that you can you could have found him in a um, uh, challenge in a different light to, i i agree with you i i, that, I agree with you i can that, agree with you on that that's uh, i was uh, just um, while we were thinking uh, talking about that i just realized I, 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 that I, hurt that see that arc is the fairy part because it's more interesting to see him as a fish uh, it would be much more interesting to see him as a fish out of water scenario which, which uh, he would essentially be if they would have taken out all the fairy stuff and uh, see and, and, I, and, I, and I can't and I can't agree with that because then it would stop being sort out online because the, the the whole thing is remember the, the the point of the show that what's the main the the core of this show's inception yeah. is is the is the is the is the just is, is the combination or just the position of the virtual and the real world yeah. is the exploration That's... of the effects no but but I get what you're saying I mean I I can see what would have made it better for you but to me for them to go that route then it stops being sword art and and then... that then they could have just developed the first arc, like I said in the previous arc, because that one, it's also uh, an, uh, another reason that I also dislike it, because he felt, uh, this uh, author felt like um, he, uh, he needed to wrap it up and didn't know how to, to how should I continuing properly? But then, oh, I can, I need to continue it because it was popular. Uh, then, oh yes, uh, now we do a DS Ex Machina makes that the only uh, kind of uh, interesting character is uh, uh, is in troubles, uh, so that Jesus Kunis gets uh, shows even more super intelligence mega powers. <laughs> uh, I, I find it hilarious how deep your hatred for this show goes. <laughs> the biggest part. Uh, do you know what pro? Uh, what the biggest problem for me is probably. Mm-hmm. You know Go what ahead. the biggest pro- uh, problem uh, for me probably with this uh, series is. What is it? It's. Have you ever seen a movie or a show that you feel? There is a good movie or show is there, but uh, it uh, are not able to blossom. It's not able to blossom all the way through. There's there's a lot of them. Uh, I think sword art is that kind of series for me, and those kind of shows and movies frustrates me more. Than purely bad animes or uh, or movies or TV shows, what have you. <laughs> the, 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 and I can see, I can see the potential here, but it just, just. <laughs> it's like I, a show. I, I find it- I find it magical that we will not agree on this show ever. It's 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 hilarious. <laughs> it's like it's like a, it's like uh, it's like it needed about 
five more rewrites before uh, being able to be published correctly. It's like the first, first he sent in the first draft of two different arts. Well, but, but that's the thing, though. I mean, this was a very, very popular manga before it ever became a show. So, so it's it like it was a light novel before it. No, but it it was popular though. Yeah, but it was, it was uh, they originated as a light novel, not a manga. Okay, but what I mean is that it it was popular, and the anime became even more popular. I mean, we we're going into it's. They they spawned four seasons. I mean, two series, one movie, one off, one spinoff. I mean, it it's popular. So people, some people, there's a lot of people that I think I think this is perfect because you and I are split right down the middle. Because to a degree, I'm not budging at all, and you're not budging at all, and we're just pulling each other apart. So I think like we're we're really, I think we're a good sample of the entire otaku spectrum so i think i think this is good this is good i mean we'll probably not talk for the next five years now but <laughs> but but yeah I mean... uh, yeah, yeah i just want to make a side note for the for you that likes this show i'm happy for you but there's so many things that i see in this that yes as someone and, and that's and that's fine <laughs> yeah that's totally uh, fine now, um, before we wrap up, um, before we 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 close um, the whole thing, um, uh, um, we have the main arc with the we talked. Okay, we've talked about the B plot, which everything was Tsuhua and and um, and Kasuto, um, and that justification. Um, that's what I like the most is when you see both realities clash, and then you have the result in the real world. Now, which we see a little bit at the end of the A plot. When Kiri, when Kazuto has to face Sugo in the real world, um, which is kind of funny, that that yes, Kiri, Kazuto was still able to beat him, and and uh, but yeah, let's talk about the ending. Let's talk about that final battle, that final encounter. Uh, let's talk actually. Let's talk about something before we go to the end. Let's talk about the the master plan that Sugo had about exploiting um, the idea of controlling people in a virtual world. Um, this kind of show, I think the mistake, the biggest mistake that it made, that it makes here, is that it doesn't take the time to develop its villains. I think just to give you an idea, if you have the opportunity to watch Elization. Alicization does a huge better job to build the world and the villains or or the enemies of the story. So um, I would consider, Isaac, did you, I mean, we're going to cover it at some point, but they do a lot better job when it comes to villains because uh, like in the first couple of seasons, their their attention is so centered on the main character and his story that um, that you really can't, really see that much else but um what do you think about his plan i mean he's he's exploiting pain receptors and the different sides of the brain to be able to control people you have be a fear in the virtual world um what do you think about those things do you think would you have liked to seen that explored more or do you just want to stop the show altogether <laughs> uh, well you know you know my 
You uh, you know my feelings about that show. You just wanted to stop it altogether. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, having an anti monitor come there and just uh, oh my stop god, it all, it all completely. Did you what? just say that? You say the anti monitor? Yeah. So, We're, are you are you one for crossing the streams? Yeah. In this case, if, if it uh, could have uh, put me out of my mysteries, that would have been good for me. Okay. So, but uh, in it. But in essence, you, you, I have been more interested in the plan if it wasn't for it. just felt like a rehash from the first arc, which you can argue uh, that it was considering if you can't make people log out, control people in an online reality. It, uh, you, can t- you, you can pretty much connect those to uh, a, a similar motivation. And because of that, I'm just uh, come up well, with something new, please. Well, it was, but it wasn't the same thing, though. Because because Akihiko Kaiba, all he wanted to do is create a world and have people live in it. He just wanted to know that that was possible. So he achieved this plan, which is, um, and he made himself into a virtual consciousness, blah, blah, blah. So, so he achieved what he wanted. Um, but the whole thing with um, with Sugo and what he was doing with um, RTC or whatever is that he wa- I believe he wanted to be able to control people, which is not what Akihiko Kaiba wanted to do. So there weren't the same plan. Yes, he kept people trapped because the whole thing you kind of find out towards the end is that he was trying to steal ideas from Kaiba. But the plans were different. But I can see what you're saying. They were very similar to a degree, which is why it was a rehash. But then again, I'm going to say that that's the weakest thing about the series because all they did was they, they needed a villain that, that Kirito needed to beat. So they picked one and just picked one. They didn't focus on developing him as a character. Because you spend so much time. They, they wanted to put the relationship between Kasuto and Sukuha or Kirito and Leafa on center stage, that that they didn't bother developing all the other stuff. So that is the weakest link. Um, now the whole thing with um, Kirito being given general manager access or GM access to the game's software because of Kayaba, did you find that interesting? Or was that like a Deus Ex Machina that you hated? I mean, it wasn't worse than him being able to just suddenly uh, figure and know how to program uh, the game in Sword Art Online when he tries to save his adopted daughter. But but we talked about that. That's and, the ex- and- that I know you don't agree, but okay, I I, I can see yeah. I can see it. Now the fact that Yui. He was able to bring Yui back here. That was pretty cool, right? That was that we have her like a like pretty much a Zelda fairy with him, because you know that's a that's like a homage to Zelda to a degree, right? The whole thing that Yui's like a fairy and all that stuff. You you gotta you gotta see Zelda shout out there, or is it just me? 
No comment. Wow. You do not want to give this show anything. <laughs> uh, the voice um, acting is pretty good. The voice acting is excellent. Like this is one of those shows that sub and dub, they're both pretty good. Um, so I like the fact that when the series ends, um, it ends with the whole thing about the world seed where now anybody with enough server room and anybody with the means to build a virtual world can build a world of their choice, which is kind of like the world seed being, even though Akahiko Kayaba was a, was a mass, an evil person because he was evil. He was literally, because let's, let's, let's be serious about this. Akahiko Kayaba was literally conducting human, human experimentation. That's literally what he was doing with Sword Art Online. He was just doing it with, with the virtual world instead of actually poking people. But people were dying because of the experiment that Sword Art Online became. But the fruits of that was the world seed and the fact that now there is software out there where people can create their own worlds where they can escape to so that everybody can do what he did. Like his dream was to create this floating fortress called Aincrad where people can live, level up, play, explore, and explore fantasies. So now everybody can do what Akahiko Kaiba did without the price that he forced other people to pay. So it's kind of crazy. It's like a Frankenstein thing. Like, well, it's not a Frankenstein thing, but it's like, that's that's the only thing that's kind of crazy because everybody's like super excited because they can create their virtual world and they have freedom to do so. But at the same time, it's like, Yes, VR is amazing, but we're doing this at the cost of all the people that died. So that's the only thing that kind of like this this disconnects everything from reality to a degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was an interesting thing that everybody can now create their own virtual world, which is of course what leads us to series two because people have created their own virtual world. And one of them uh, is what, uh, oh, oh. yes, yes, and that's one of the ones that we're going to explore. Now, we finished series one. Um, Kirito saves Asuna. Now, I'm going to say there's pretty good action sequences on Fairy Dance. I'm not going to ask you what you think about him because you're just going to trash it. So better animated there than they were in the first one. So that's why. Well, thank you. Well, well, thank you. That whole battle with the general from the. From the from the salamanders, that was pretty cool. That was a pretty cool battle. Eh, better animated, at least. Okay, so before you keep trashing my dreams, we're gonna move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so any other disappointing thought that you would like to share about Sword Art, Isaac? Where is my? Uh, where is it? Where is it? Uh... Where is what? I have like uh, 20 folders here. Give me a minute. 20 folders for what? <laughs> wow. Okay. So I think, I think that's it for us. Now, I, of course, give Sword Art Online an A- because I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Isaac, do you give him a Z? Because I'm assuming you're going to find letters below F. So what do you give it, Isaac? What are your thoughts on and Sword Art? Anti-monitor, please save me. 
Oh my god, this is actually <laughs> that's, actually that's actually pretty funny. Um, hashtag save me anti monitor. Um, so <laughs> and to uh, and to think that this isn't the, the arc I hate the most. Oh no, that's the next one. Um, so we're gonna have fun with that one. So, so that's our take on Sword Art Online. You guys heard heard all our thoughts, our feelings, our tears, our laughter. Um, I think I was able to survive um, all the all the hits and slams that Isaac provided to my dreams. But um, I think it was a good I, conversation. Right, I say Isaac? again, if you if you uh, are like Brandon and enjoy this show, I'm happy for you and I celebrate it. Just because I don't doesn't mean that don't like it doesn't mean that uh, I want to. Everyone to not enjoy it. It's always awesome when uh, someone finds yeah. enjoyment in a franchise. Yeah. So, so if you used to be, have... used to be clear. No, and and I know. I mean, even when I say stuff that I hate, um, Isaac and I are the same. Just because we don't like it doesn't mean you are not going to like it and you're going to enjoy it. So, I I say give Sword Art a chance, and let us know: Are you with Isaac, or are you with me? You know what, Isaac? We should come up with um. You know what? We should pull a Twilight. And I know I'm probably blaspheming right now, but I'm gonna do it, guys. When it comes to Sword Art, are you hashtag Team Scarlet or hashtag Team Wolf? Who are you with? Do you hate it or do you love it? Let us know what you think in the comments below when this oh episode's released. God. Yes, oh I need God. to... Yes, we're going to do this. We are going to do oh. this. <laughs> and either I'm going to disappear from existence and disintegrate because of all the hatred, or we're going to be right down the middle, or we're just going to celebrate the people that like it. Isaac, it's okay. We it, The idea is to see what the community has to say about okay. this. Sure, if, okay. Good point. So, so hashtag if you enjoy Sword Art Online, give us um, use the hashtag Team Scarlet. If you do not like or hate and detest Sword Art Online, hashtag Team Wolf. That's W O L F F. Team Wolf. I'm gonna share the hashtags when I go ahead and post it. But we need to know what you think. We need to know this is so divided. This is gonna be our first full on scale thing. And I think we should um we should see, find out what people think. <laughs> yeah. So now good, the good thing is Isaac is that we're not going to end the show just talking about this. We're going to end the show talking about what our listeners want us to talk about. So that's exciting. A, a nice change of pace. So you ready to talk about some listener questions? Yeah. So we got two. Our first question is from our friend Leo Rydell. He has an awesome channel on YouTube called Geekly Goods where he talks all things about streamers, games, anime, comic books, movies. He's a super cool dude. Um, we talk anime with him all the time, and um, he listens to us and supports us. So go support him. Go check his videos out. There's a lot of cool stuff that he has, and he gets together with a lot of cool people. So um, check out Leo Rydell and Geekly Goods. Um, if you want to find him on Twitter... My good friend Leo Rydell is ha at Leo Rydell. That's R Y D E L. So Leo asked the amateur taco. He says, "Yes. What are your What are your guys' three favorite anime shows from the past five years? 
from he so he specified from the year 2015 to the present. So Leo wants to know what are our favorite anime shows. Um, so I'm assuming that basic that he says anime shows it's excluding anime movies. So we're just going to talk about shows uh, for the last five years. Um, Isaac, I think the best thing to do is you do one, I do one. Yeah. So Isaac, go first. What's your first no, pick? Yo, go first. Isaac. I want to hear something happy come out of your mouth. So you go first. <laughs> okay. I, uh, uh, one of them is a favorite, uh, something we both love. Uh, and that's Violet Evergarden. It's Beautiful. Hit, uh, it hit me right in the feels. In the, all the uh, right ways uh, compared to something, uh, <laughs> uh, another thing. But I digress. <laughs> and uh, as, uh, and I think they sort of how do I put it? It it uh, follow its teams and and uh, follow its teams and all that. Yes, beautifully and not as a as a just read the scrap notes and just went with the flow, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Okay, that's a good pick. That's a pretty good pick. Um, my first pick is going to be Darling in the Franks. Okay. Um, I love this show because I'm a big, I'm a sucker for interesting sci-fi content. Um, like I love Blade Runner, I love Gundam, I love Mecha shows. So this is like a, this is like a slice of life slice slash sci-fi slash Mecha slash Shonen shows. Like a lot of little things at the same time. Um, and even though a lot of us have maybe some issues with how the show ended, um, to me it was one of those shows that I started and I just couldn't stop. I had to watch over and over again because I love the characters. I love the exploration of of the idea of what it is to be human, um, what it what's love, what's what are emotions for, um, the idea of how biology plays a role in in conduct. Like there's there's a lot of things that this show explores that I just loved. And um, it's another show with a killer main theme. And I'm a sucker for music. So, like, there's so many shows that I know that I started watching because I heard the opening somewhere and I loved it. And then I went to the show. Um, I'm not going to say that Darling in the Franks was one of those. But um, the opening theme is one of those that I love. But, yeah, Darling in the Franks, definitely one of my favorite shows for the last five years. That's my pick number one. So, What's your number two? My number two is actually, I don't know if I shall, is ID Invaded, actually. Oh, nice. Nice. And I I don't, uh, I don't know if I should get uh, in-depth in with it, since this is a show that I'm going to review and we are also covering. And, uh, and I haven't seen it yet, so don't, no. don't spoil. <laughs> no, so that's why I'm not going to get into details with it yet. Now, what I am going to say is, is because I've seen the trailer, ID Invaded is like a science, like a, like a deep science detective story, kind of? Kind of. Okay. So, I think... Uh, sort yeah, it of looks like, interesting. 
think sort of like uh, hmm, what uh, should I... it's uh, it has a I think Inception meets uh, Minority Report. Interesting. Interesting. So I guess we'll know soon enough. So ID Invaded. Nice. And that's a very modern anime. Like it came out this it, year, right? Yep. Nice. So so I got my second. So my number two. So you got so you, so your first was Violet Evergun. Was I rather my my first was Don Frank Darling in the Franks. Also, just to be clear, this is not in a specific order. This is just yes. the three that impressed me the most. Yes. So Violet Evergarden, Darling in the Franks, ID Invaded. So my second pick has to be hands down Megalobox. The uh, box, uh, the box. Yeah. Thing? Yes. And 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 the, and the thing about Megalobox is that it's one of those animes that just sticks with you, and it's not like a jaw dropping show. It's not like something that's groundbreaking, but it's one of those shows that it's all about you rooting for a character. Because the character is just someone is an underdog character that you just want to get behind of. You know what I mean? Like he has everything against him, but as you get to know him, you just want to just root for him and root for him and root for him. And Megalobox is one of those shows that I just started watching. And as I kept seeing him evolve and get better, and, and it's only 13 episodes, um, I just fell in love with the character and the animation more and more. And um it's one of those shows that ends with a bang. I mean, I love the show so much. Um, the soundtrack of the show rivals Cowboy Bebop, in my opinion, in the term of, of how of how it influences the tone and 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 the world that the show takes place in. Um, it is the same cyberpunkian kind of show that cop, uh, aesthetic that Cowboy Bebop has. Um, but it's 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 a it's a it's a old old fashioned tale of a boxer, and we've seen so many stories. Of course, this is a modern retelling of a Shitana Joe, which is an old '60s Japanese um, boxing show. But it does it in a way that it doesn't feel like it's dragging its roots. It brings it to life, and I'm so excited that Megalobox Part Two was announced. Some earlier this year, so I'm really excited for that to come out. So yeah, definitely, Megalobox is one of those. I've actually been in Best Buy sometimes, and I've seen the collection of the show, and I've thought about buying a collector's edition because I don't really buy a lot of stuff physical anymore. A lot of times I buy digital because I don't have any space for anything. But this is the kind of show that I would definitely buy the physical copy in a collector's edition because I love this show so much, and I cannot recommend it enough. So. Miguel Box is my number two. So, Isaac, number three. I don't know if you ever heard of this show or not, but uh, it's a very special show, so to speak. The Disastrous Life of Psyche K. Have you heard of it? I have. I think Netflix has an adaptation or a version of the show, yeah. Yeah. It's about the... Uh, about the uh, sort of like um, a high schooler that essentially the most powerful being in the universe having all the type of um, superpowers 
Uh, and he's constantly involved in something that forces him to use the uh, uses his powers, and he just hates everyone and everything around him. He's <laughs> and, uh, uh, and of course he has the most popular girl after him, in the, and he is just annoyed, annoyed, annoyed. Please go away from me and. It's just, it's sort of like a, how should I put it? That it's sounds a, that sounds like a very happy, weird, and funny mob psycho. It's a, it's a, it's more in line with the, uh, it's a very Saitama-esque because how okay. annoying, how Annoyed uh, Saitama is on the world and all that, yes, if you know what mm. I mean. Yeah. I uh, I think you sh- would love that show. I, uh, I'm going to have to check it out. I've seen I've seen it, and, and and I haven't seen any trailers, so that's probably why I haven't clicked. But now that you're recommending it, I might check it out. The Disaster's Life Saiki K. I'm going to have to check it out now. Cool. Cool. Um, so that's here's my number three. And it's going to sound like I'm cheating because we just covered it a little bit ago. But um, when people ask me these questions of top five or stuff like that, I like to think about things that are new, that are fresh, that to me are explore things that I've not seen before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is why some people might be surprised that I'm not talk- I'm not going to mention My Hero Academia. Because... Mm-hmm. Because my hero, even though it's fantastic and I love everything about it, it is a different exploration of something that I've seen before. Like we've all seen superpowers all my life, and I love what they're doing, but it's something that's ongoing and it's still going. But um, but it is something that's familiar. Now, the show that impressed me the most, and it's one of those shows that I, I sat down one night, I started watching it. And I watched the entire first season in four hours nonstop because I love the show. And that show is Beastars. I mean, Beastars is phenomenal. And um, you guys heard me and Isaac talk how much we love that show on episode three. Um, But I, I I can't stress it enough. I think Beastars is one of the smartest manga and animes out there right now because it 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 really digs deep into the shonen slice of life elements of a teenage drama but they don't downplay all the animal instincts aspects of it that are added to it because they're animals and the way it explores it and and how those affect human relation um they affect their relationships with other people and other and other races and stuff like that. It's so interesting. Like that's a world that I want to keep exploring because because it's so different, it feels so so familiar. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it feels different enough that it, it makes me ask certain questions that I've probably asked myself before on a different lens, but it's similar enough that I can that I can interact with the characters and feel that I understand um, the different characters of Legoshi, um, um, Ryu, and Haru. Um, 
and that perverted panda bear. So it's like <laughs> I, I love that show. That's 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 my third pick. Um, so there you have it, Leo. Um, I hope you're happy with our answer. Um, so you have Violet Evergarden, um, Megalobox, Darling in the Franks, ID Invaded, um, B Stars, and the disastrous life of Psyche K. Those are our top three from each other from the Amateur Taku. You heard it here. <laughs> awesome. Thanks for the question, Leo. You're awesome. Um, now we have one more, Isaac, before we head out. Um, we have our good friend, Tavo Borrego. You can find him at Tavo PR. Um, and he has a question. And I think our good friend Mike touched on this before. But I think it's he adds a different layer to the question. So Tavo asks, thoughts on HBO Max partnering with Crunchyroll and Studio Ghibli? For me, the context is bare bones, but it is nice to see. I think he probably hasn't explored it or doesn't know what it, how deep this goes. Um, and I know that Mike, I think it was in the previous episode or the one before that, he talks about he asked us about how we felt about Studio Ghibli putting its library in HBO Max. But Tavo, good eye Tavo, he went ahead and adds the fact that Crunchyroll also brokered a deal with HBO Max. So so we're not only seeing the Ghibli movies, we're seeing a very good selection of anime properties that Crunchyroll has on HBO Max. So instead of going the route that Netflix took, because you and I both know that Netflix has distribution rights directly from the studios not they're not going through a streamer you know what i mean like they're going directly to the studios that's why a lot of shows like beastars a netflix original anime series was when it was only a netflix series because they're being distributed by netflix but hbo max is not developing their own anime they're getting they're partnering with popular streamers and you and i both know that Crunchyroll is one of the most popular anime streamers in the world, I would say. Do you guys yeah. have Crunchyroll on your neck of the yeah. woods? Yeah, but so, uh, their uh, the access, uh, how should I put it, the library uh, here in Scandinavia when it comes to uh, Crunchyroll. You know that how Netflix has a different library depending on the region. Yeah. It's sort of like uh, it's uh, like uh, the Crunchyroll is rather lackluster here to mm. tell, uh, to tell the truth, and that's a good re- a good thank uh, thank Naga for uh, welcoming uh, for us living in Scandinavia. Then mm. I got you. Well, the good thing about Crunchyroll in the States is that it's pretty varied. Like, there's a lot of things that you can only find in Crunchyroll. But Crunchyroll also has certain things. Like, certain things are only in Funimation. Certain things are only in Crunchyroll. Some things are in both of them. So, so at least Crunchyroll has a good access. But, but I like the fact that HBO... What I like about this juncture is that it shows that HBO Max... What, correction. It shows that Warner Brothers is paying attention to how big anime is as a a medium that people consume you know what i mean 
Um, of course, this is something that Netflix found out a long time ago. But something that I've noticed, Amazon Prime now has original animes. Something that I didn't know before. And, and they have an ever-expanding library. Hulu has always had an impressive library. And I wouldn't be surprised if those that have Disney Plus will now have access. And those that bought the Disney Plus and Hulu bundle look at anime through there. Because I know Disney Plus doesn't really have anime. Um, but the fact that HBO well, Max... Well, uh, they are going to get uh, uh, Kingdom Hearts anime, an animated series. But that's not anime, though. It's Square Enix is supposedly going to be a part of it. If it's CG, I won't call it anime. There is CGI the anime. I mean, Burst, uh, the Berserker uh, TV uh, reboot. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I like my anime drawn. <laughs> But but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But 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 then again, that's just in talks now. Like we probably won't see that Kingdom Hearts anime for another two years, especially with the whole COVID madness. So, I mean, I I like the fact that Warner Brothers has paid attention to the anime community, paid attention to to the idea that anime is something that people want to see, and the fact that they partnered to one of the strongest anime distributors and streamers out there makes me think that they're taking this very seriously. So I just hope that like HBO Max is going to be a powerhouse because now, for example, people that wanted to watch anime in one place, people that wanted to watch Ghibli are going to go there and then they're going to stay in HBO Max to watch other anime. So that's pretty exciting. So I don't know. I, I think it's a good idea, especially, like I said, like the main purpose of the Amateur Otaku is to let people know the greatness and the cool stuff of an, of anime that's out there because a lot of people are missing out because they're not watching anime. So pretty much you could say that the HBO Max is taking into consideration the amateur otaku vision. They want people to watch anime too, but in their channels. So. Yeah, anime is getting bigger and bigger, which is right. awesome. Right. I, w I would even say it would be sad if HBO Max did not take anime seriously. I think I think the fact that we're seeing Crunchyroll have be in the forefront in HBO Max is a cause for celebration. So, I don't know. Celebration times come on. <laughs> yes, brother. The anime rises. Wait, I'm going to do my Bane impression. <clears throat> Bear with me. I'm going to do it. Oh, yes, brother. The anime rises. So, um, people just press stop, right? They're not listening anymore, are they? <laughs> that was pretty bad. That's a pretty bad bait impression. Um, Tavo, thank you for the question. Thank you guys for all the questions um, that you guys send. Um, I love how they struck trike up a very nice conversation which is what we would like to do at the amateur otaku podcast which is why at the end of every episode we always say guys we want to hear from you we want to know what shows you guys want us to cover what you like what you don't like let us know what you guys want us to talk about you can send us messages um on twitter at amateur otaku pod you can dm us or shoot us a tweet to our to our page or you can send us an email at AmateurOtakuRTF at gmail.com. That is AmateurOtakuRTF at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. We want to cover the anime that you guys want us to cover. Um, and we're really excited for the animes that we have coming up with you guys for you guys in the future. Um, 
We are going to take a break from Sword Art for episode six. Um, <laughs> we got to let Isaac breathe. Um, and we're going to be premiering a different anime show um, or movie that we're going to cover in between. But we got a gr- great stuff coming to you guys. Um, we are going to talk more Sword Art Online in the future because we still have Series 2 and the Sword Art Online movie to cover. And then Alicization. We're also talking about covering some of the movies made by Makoto Shinkei. We want to talk weathering with you. We want to talk your name. We talked about watching ID Invaded. There's a lot of shows that we want to cover, and we have a lot of stuff working in the works for you guys. So, Isaac, before we head out, where can they find you, my brother? You can find me at Ablomaniac with a C on Twitter. You can find me at the Scarlet Fan 52 on Twitter, and you can find our archive on anchor.fm slash the amateur otaku. We are everywhere in Raider Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You will find us in your favorite podcast app. Hit like, subscribe, share with other people. Join the anime community of the Amateur Otaku. If you've never seen anime before, this is the pod for you. If you just love talking anime with two awesome dudes, this is the place to do it. Thank you for joining us. Have it awesome, guys. Peace. Peace.